This is an Area Code podcast. With the first pick in the 2021 NBA Draft, the Detroit Pistons select Cade Cunningham from Oklahoma State University. Welcome back. It's Phil for the game. I'm Nick. And I'm Noah. Uh, we're back, and it is draft day. I want to say draft night, but it's, it's technically draft day it's as we are recording this. 2.19, for those who are wondering. I'll let you decide if it's a.m. or p.m. Yeah, that was confusing. I didn't know what 2.19 meant for about five seconds. Uh, it's The NBA draft is tonight. By the time this episode comes out, the NBA draft will be over. Um, hopefully it comes out the literal day after the draft. So it's, it feels recent and, uh, up to date, but obviously we will not know what's going to happen tonight. We don't know the future, but we're going to talk about the, the draft today. It's going to be a good time. Yeah. I don't know. You, you left that hanging as if I had something to say afterwards. I was hoping that you did. We're oh, a little rusty. Have it's, we haven't been, we haven't, we, uh, you know, haven't been to the gym in a while the shots a little rusty the passes don't hit you right in the chest like they used to you know so it's going to be uh one of those type of episodes but we'll get there we're good here's the thing we're going to try and keep this episode short that way it can come out tomorrow and to start with the draft tonight for those who are unaware every major sports uh league in america has a draft in which the worst teams of the previous year get a chance to pick some cheap talent. Some drafts are better, some drafts are not. Nick, who are you? What are you excited about for the draft tonight? You're a Bulls fan. They don't have a pick until like the early second round. They have like the forty second pick or something like that. Somewhere yeah, I am not area. excited about. I'm not excited about the Chicago Bulls at all. In fact, I may be um, transitioning to uh, becoming a Detroit Pistons fan. I, for those of you who such a bad don't fan know me, going from Bulls Chicago to Detroit, it's like becoming a Cubs fan to a White Sox fan, or vice versa. No, it is not apples to apples in that way. But to the people who don't know me personally, I am. I've lived in Illinois my whole life been a Chicago Bulls fan my whole life. I will continue to be a Chicago Bulls fan, but I'm I'm moving to Michigan. I'm moving to Grand Rapids, Michigan here soon. And I've always I've got family in Detroit. I've always had a little bit of an affinity for Detroit sports. The catch is that Detroit sports have historically been bad for a long long time. Uh the Detroit Pistons right now are still bad and that's why they have the number 1 draft pick. Uh, but Cade Cunningham is by everyone's um, opinion, the clear number one uh, choice this year. Not necessarily and anymore. You don't think so? Is that changing? So J- Noah's here. Jaylen let's make Green. this okay. Let's make this clear, Noah. You are the. If there is a draft expert between the two of us, it is you. You watch more college basketball. You're more in tune with 
players coming out of these schools. So I'm gonna I'm gonna trust what you got to say here. Well, I just wanna about- I, I wanna put an asterisk, and that's what you were just saying, and with this caveat, there's still a possibility that Detroit trades the pick. I don't think that's gonna happen, but a lot of people want to trade up in this draft. Uh, but Jalen Green, who plays in the G League, had a very, very good workout with the Pistons last week to the point where there's a, I'm going to say a 15% chance that we hear Jalen Green's name called first tonight. I'm just going to toss it. I don't think it's going to happen. I still think it's going to be Cade Cunningham. But there's a small chance of it being Jalen Green. So mm-hmm. it's not like years past where you go in and you know for sure you know, like, oh, LeBron is the first pick. Oh, Yeah, there's not a Zion in this draft. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, yeah. anyway, Well, I, I'm, all that to say, I'm excited. Um, I might be becoming a Detroit Pistons fan, and if Kay Cunningham lands there, I'll be much more inclined to at least watch more Pistons games. Um, I have not seen a lot of Jalen Green. He plays in the G League, which makes it hard to see a lot of his talent. But from what I've known about him, he's like a – slashing scoring guard which is fine but like i'm just i don't typically get super excited about slashers i'd much rather uh watch guys like Cade who can do a lot more offensively beyond just put the ball in the hoop so that's my that's where i'm at i'm excited about the draft though there's a it's just going to be a learning experience for me i i'm going to learn a lot about the different guys coming out and i'm very interested to see where a few people go that i am aware of like um uh, Donovan, Donovan Mitchell, or what's Davion his name? Mitchell. Is it Donovan? Davion Mitchell. Davion Mitchell Goodness from, gracious. From Baylor. It's a whole problem because they play exactly the same. So yeah. uh, I'm excited to see where he lands. There's a lot of, there's people that are really high on him and there's people that think that his offense won't translate very well. Um, but but enough about me. What are you excited translate. about? So I'm actually yes. I'm also excited about... Both the Baylor guys who are here, Davion Mitchell and um, Jared Butler. Just curious to see, specifically, I want to see if Mitchell stays in the lottery because there are teams that are kind of tied to him in like the 7 to 10 range. But they there is some people out there that think that should he not get any of those picks, he might fall to like 18 or so, which would be interesting. And then Jared Butler will be an interesting pick as well just because he's an older guy who can probably contribute earlier than some other rookies typically do. And he's going to fall to a contender. And so it'll just be interesting to see which team, if, if a team like the Clippers or the Nuggets or somebody like that, if he's available when it's their turn to pick, will they try to flip that to another rebuilding team? Or do they view him as a good enough prospect to go ahead and bring on while they're trying to win a championship? Uh, and then I'm not an Illinois fan, but I want to see where Io DeSunmu goes. Because I sure, saw yeah. a mock draft. He's a Chicago guy, him. yeah. I saw a mock draft that had him as the number eight pick. And I saw a mock draft oh, that wow. had him as the 45th pick. And so literally anywhere after number seven, I might hear his name. And it could go on a while before I finally do. And so I'm just interested to see where he ends up. And then the last thing I'm interested in. There are a couple European dudes that are pretty, mm-hmm. people are high up on this year. And American fans are never high up on European dudes. Because we never know about and, them. We, to, in fairness, in fairness, it's hard to watch their games. It's hard to stay up on what's yeah. happening in, tur- yeah, tur- in the Turkey League, right? I don't right? necessarily blame that 
like when Luka Doncic got drafted, people were upset, even though a lot of draft experts were saying, hey, he's the best player in this draft. Like, I understand why DeAndre Ayton is going to go first, but Doncic is the best player yeah. here. But for every Doncic, you have Dragon Bender. And then you have the in-between of a Chris Opsworthingus who got booed whenever the Knicks drafted him. And there are a couple guys like that tonight. And I just I love seeing those players, how they translate to the NBA and how long they stay in the NBA. Like there's mm-hmm. a guy yeah. from like Croatia or, or Russia or somebody who's supposed to be like a top 10 pick. And there's a dude who Is plays that the for... Sangoon? Uh, yeah, Sangoon, yeah. And there's a guy from Real Madrid who should be a first round pick. I'm interested to see about that. Um, yeah, those things are, that's just interesting to me. I like seeing where those guys ends up. And we're, and also tonight we are all, excuse me, as I burp, we are all Jason Preston fans tonight. Yes. The kit that I am, I don't know. I have no, I don't know. We didn't talk about this before we record it. And I don't know what inspired you to say that, but I'm 100% on board with, with that sentiment. Yeah. Huge fan. If you hear this episode tomorrow, look where Jason Preston got selected. My gut is saying early second round. E- I think he's going to be early to mid second round. I think he's going to end up. He's going to end up. Hmm. Does he go higher than uh, this? Does IO fall and Preston go higher than IO? Than IO will go higher because he's got better defense. And I think he's got a better frame right now. More athletic. And yeah. he's been he's played against bigger, better competition more consistently. But I could see Preston falling to like a man, like a Milwaukee might take a pass mm-hmm. on him just to see. Uh, maybe like the Knicks could take him. Yeah. I don't know. I could see him playing in, in Charlotte, you know, backing up uh, Lamelo. That could be interesting. Um, I, I hey. want to ask a question before we before we get into the more. Oh, this uh, has been this has been what's the score? Q theme. <laughs> Rebound goes to the Cavs. J.R. Smith brings it back out. Throws it to Hill. Hill shot blocked. And we'll go to overtime. You get the feeling J.R. Smith the thought score. they had the lead. He no. didn't know the score. I think exactly. That's a bad Before we get into the more like, let's talk about life, emotions, all that stuff that goes into this. I want to ask one more real kind of nitty-gritty basketball-related question. If there is one guy that in in this draft that you're saying you think in five years, seven years, is going to be the, the the best player when we look back on this draft, who who would you hit your Ooh. hit your uh your pick with? Who's gonna be the that's not best, how the phrase goes. Hit, who's hit gonna your be pick? the best not... player in this draft? Yeah, I mean, you could be wrong. Like, it, I'm yeah. not saying you need to just like if it's if it's if if you if someone comes to know and say, Noah, five years from now, who are you saying? Who are you predicting is going to be the best player in the, out of this draft class? Man, I think I might say Evan Mobley. Okay, that might be where I go. I think I think that's a very safe place to go. Like, that's a he has all the tools to be the best player in this like, draft. I think Kate easily. Cunningham is the safest pick. Like he's going to be a really good NBA player, I think, no matter what. But if Mobley reaches his potential, like his full potential, his ceiling is higher than Cade Cunningham's. And I think his ceiling is higher than pretty much anybody else. So I get and so I guess that's where I'll go. The, the only problem with 
Mobley is that he's currently slated to go to Cleveland. And if he goes to Cleveland, I do not think he'll be the best player in five years. If he goes to Cleveland, I'm going to... There's There'll be some disagreement here, maybe. Maybe not. Jalen Suggs will be the best player. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, of the top five projected picks, he goes to the best organization. Like Jalen Suggs falling four to Toronto is better than being in Detroit. It's probably better than being at Houston now that Daryl Morey has left. For sure better than being in Cleveland and for sure better than being in Orlando. Yeah, so you kind of stole my thunder. I was going to go Jalen Suggs. I think, um, I mean, he's. I think he's going to be a, a good NBA player for a long time, no matter what. But I think he has the type of IQ. And the uh, if I can reference our podcast title, the type of feel for the game that I think is something that you can't coach. Like it's something you can't teach in a, in a basketball player. They either have it or they don't. And I think that that is the type of thing that could catapult him to being the best in this class. Now, there are other guys that you could say the same thing about. Kay Cunningham, you could say, has a really good feel for the game as well. Really high IQ as well. Even Evan Mobley. There's other guys that you could name that fall into that category. But I think with the, the NBA being such a guard-driven league, I'm, I'm going to go with Jalen Suggs. I think he has a lot of upside potentially if he can if he can – physically deal with being in the nba right like that's a yeah that's a big Sleep, question but sl- sleeper pick here is davian mitchell davion mitchell if i think he's plays, gonna be a great role player plays, for a while but if he plays as well as if i as he did at eyes, baylor <laughs> if i close my eyes and think of a great nba player i picture davion mitchell oh for sure yeah like the question is are you thinking of a yeah the question is are you thinking of a great role player three and D type guy, or are you thinking of like Listen, a Jimmy if, Butler level? If, if Davion Mitchell lit, like plays to the absolute best of his ability, he is, he's a smaller Donovan Mitchell. He's a smaller Jimmy Butler type. And if that's, if yeah. he can end up being just a smaller version of Donovan Mitchell or Jimmy Butler, he's the best player in this draft. Most likely. I agree most with likely. you. I think I don't know if that's it's just, point. I'm interested to see what he can do offensively. I, I yeah. have no, I agree with you 100% about the defensive side of the ball. It's, um, it's I think I could also see him being a Marcus Smart type player, right? Where yeah. he's going to be around the league for a long time. He's going to mm-hmm. be a pivotal player on a on a contending team, but you're not giving him the ball to go get a bucket when you need yeah. it, right? Like here, here's so. here's the encouraging thing about his offense. His like sophomore or junior year, he shot like 31% from three or something like that. This last year at Baylor, he shot like 46% on, I think, five shots a game, like five threes a game. That's bonkers. That's such a wild number. Um, mm-hmm. We also have the next generation, uh, J.J. Redick, in this draft. Is that Kispert? Kispert out of Gonzaga. That's this generation. You know, like, we grew up watching J.J. Redick play somehow for like, it felt like if you were watching an NBA game, JJ Redick was playing and it's like how Yo, I yeah. just watched him last night in Memphis. And now he's on a different team across country. It's how it yeah. felt. And he was always either like eight for 10 on threes or over 10 <laughs> on threes, but he was shooting the threes. That's going to be Corey. He Kisper. was shooting them. Yeah. I'm uh, we, we need to move on. Cause yeah, we, we said do. we were going to a while ago, but last thing on Kisper, I hope 
I really hope that he lands in New Orleans. I think that he could fit really well in that team. They need shooting. And I think that that could be a really, a really positive add to their roster if they can get Kisper. I think they're kind of right in that range where it might make sense, right? Like, I think they draft like 17 or 18 or something like that. Somewhere uh, in that. They um, also but just I'm hoping drafted that, or tra- had that weird trade where they got rid of Steven Adams for, for Valanciunas and yeah. uh, a pick. And also someone else, Holiday? No, they got rid of Bledsoe. Oh, they got rid of Bledsoe. That's they, right. That's right. They got rid of Bledsoe and Adams. And Steven Adams. For, yeah. And they got Valanciunas and a pick, I believe. Anyway, yeah. let's move on. We're going to go to the press conference. This is what's great about sports. This is what the greatest thing about sports is. You play to win the game. Hello? You play to win the game. Okay, so we thought it'd be fun to just kind of talk about, we, we would each bring to the table a, a memory from the NBA draft that stands out uh, to us for whatever reason and kind of just talk about it, talk about why for a little bit. So um, I think you kind of hinted at your memory being something from way back. My memory is much more recent. So I, I kind of love that balance that we have going. We have an old old moment and a new one. Uh, I'll go first. We can talk about mine a little bit, and then I'm excited to hear yours because I have no idea what it is. You say you were four? That sounds crazy. I was, it was 1999. I this is my draft. 1999. That's wild. Um, Obi Toppin. Oh, you're going super Obi recent. Toppin. Yeah, I'm going really recent. Obi Toppin um, played for Dayton, uh, got drafted by the New York Knicks last year. I think he was the number four pick. Is that right? Um, I don't know. Was he that high? He gets drafted. He gets drafted in the first round. He's a lottery pick. Goes to New York, and um, it's New York is his hometown. It's where he grew up. And you know they do this thing, especially last year, where everyone was doing Zoom calls and remote for the draft. Uh, they do this thing where they interview players right after they get drafted. Sometimes people are super excited. Uh, sometimes people are super emotional. And in Obi's case, he was extremely emotional. He was sitting uh, with his family, mom and dad. And I mean, the guy is like just completely in tears trying to express how thankful he is for the opportunity to play for his hometown team. And I think that this moment stands out to me because... I think it's 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 one thing to be, first of all, like in in the situation where you're uh, getting drafted into the NBA. It's a dream that you've had your whole life, and not only that, you're you're transitioning from in a lot of cases being a middle to lower class individual into like becoming a millionaire, a multi millionaire, right? Like, there's so many. So, so much happening at one point and then to be able to play for your hometown team in the midst of all of that, that stood out to me. And I think uh, we're going to play the clip, but I think when you hear Obi Toppin uh, sort of talk about what it means to play in New York, it, it's hard to not feel a sense of like how special that that opportunity is. I'm from New York. That's why it's important. <laughs> me, me, me repping my city is 
it's amazing. A lot of people pray to be in this position, and, and I'm not going to take it for granted. I promise you that. I pro How do you process this leap that you've made that has catapulted you to be an NBA lottery pick? It's a blessing. I want to thank God. Without him, I would not be here. Without my parents, I wouldn't be here. Without my teammate right here to the left of me, I wouldn't be here. I appreciate you, bro. Jalen Crutcher, shout out to Jalen Crutcher. I wouldn't be out. I wouldn't be here without him. My coach is right here in the back, Coach Grant. Brent, Coach Greer. I would not be here without them. So I'm very grateful, and it's a blessing to be in. This it doesn't happen for a lot of guys, right? Like you don't get to control the narrative of where you play. Uh, Derrick Rose w was able to do it. LeBron James w was able to do it. There's there's guys that have been able to play for the hometown team. Um, but it, it's such a special thing. And so that, that stands out to me. Um, you know, I don't think there's a guy at the NBA draft that doesn't want to play for his hometown team. I think they all would love to do that if they could. Um, unfortunately, they don't all get to. But that that's the that's the one that that I'm going to I'm going to mention. Yeah, was not expecting Obi Toppin. What's cool about him going to New York as well is that his dad is like a streetball legend. In New York, Dunker's Delight was his uh, nickname. Okay, okay. He played for, like, he played in, like, smaller, like, semi-pro leagues as well, based out of New York. But, yeah, his dad is a streetball legend in Brooklyn, so it's cool that he got to then play for New York as well. That's an amazing nickname. We, Dude, I probably watched this guy growing up. I watched a lot of M1. Was he on the M1 circuit? He may have been. I don't know. I don't remember. I just know that he was on, uh, like either that he's like a streetball, yeah, yeah, legend in Brooklyn. That's cool. Um, yeah, what's what's yours though? You say you were four years old. What yeah. do what do you remember from being four about the NBA draft? A funny moment. We're going comical here, <laughs> kind of comical. Little guy by the name of the franchise, Steve Francis, University of Maryland, nineteen ninety nine. First pick in that draft, while we're on the topic of the Chicago Bulls, was Elton Brand, who is now the general manager for the Los Angeles Clippers. The second pick in that uh, draft... Is this the Clippers or, no, or the 76ers? Sixers? Yeah, Sixers, yeah. yeah. Uh, the second pick in that draft belongs to the Vancouver Grizzlies, one of the best yeah. logos of all time. All time. One of the absolute worst teams of all time. <laughs> They select Steve Francis out of the University of Maryland. And keep in mind, Steve Francis was very vocal about not wanting to play in Vancouver. He wanted to either play in Chicago or play somewhere closer to home. Keep in mind, context here, Steve Francis's mother had recently died. He has a pretty big family. Like his grandmother was taking care of like 28 grandchildren at that point or like helping. And I think there was part of him that was like, if I can stay close to home, it's easier for me to keep an eye out for the family, <clears throat> help support the family. Whereas when he's in Vancouver, you know, whole nother country, whole different tax system, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So he gets drafted <laughs> and it cuts over to him. It, David Stern comes out. Vancouver Grizzlies select Steve Francis, University of Maryland. His head is just on the table. He looks deflated. 
And you can tell <laughs> that he like tries to put like he gets up like his grandma. He goes on stage and like kind of acts like he's celebrating. <laughs> but then he sits down with uh Craig Sager, I believe is who it is, to do an interview. And it's him and his grandma. <laughs> and he asked him, like, oh, like how are you excited? Uh, it's been real exciting for me, you know, leading up to the draft. I've always wanted to be a professional basketball player, and I'm just glad that I'm selected to, to be involved in the draft. Obviously, an honest and good faith. He doesn't really answer about playing in Vancouver. He just kind of just like, yeah, excited to be a part of the draft. And then it cuts over to his grandma and asks the grandma, like, oh, how are you feeling? All this stuff. And then the camera, while she's talking, cuts back over to Steve Francis. And he is just staring at the ceiling, like exhaling, holding back <laughs> tears. Like you, like you can tell that he is super frustrated that they picked him. Steve Francis was on the doorstep of a dream. Only one thing could ruin it. I'm like, man, Jeff, I do not want to play in Vancouver. He's like Steve. Like this. afterwards, he said, like it wasn't God's will for him to play in Vancouver. He was kept complaining about how he was not going to play there. Obviously, kept, caught a lot of heat for that. Uh, and it led to, well, at the time, at the time, it was the biggest draft in NBA history in terms of assets. So overall, the trade included like 11 picks and uh, uh, players. And it sent him from Vancouver down to uh, Houston, which is where a lot of people know him as a Houston Rocket. Right, yeah. Uh, he was drafted to a team that, could have been good. Like they had Mahmoud Abdul Rauf on that team. They had Mike Bibby on that team. They had Reeves. Uh, they, they had a decent, like specifically Mike Bibby goes on to Sacramento to have a g- pretty good career. Very Mahmoud, good career, yeah. Mahmoud Abdul Rauf is one of the most like underrated players ever, in my opinion. Like this dude was yeah. phenomenal and he just didn't get the love he deserved. But he ends up in uh, in Houston. Finishes. I I don't know if he got second place in rookie of the year, or maybe him and Elton Brand were co rookies of the year. But I mean, had a good career after that. But there's just something so funny about the number two pick in the draft being so frustrated, so upset, and so unwilling to play for the team that drafted him that he forces a trade as a rookie. The rookies don't usually have that type of power. And on top yeah, of that, yeah, especially in the in the, the night. This is the nineties as well. Nice. Yeah. Exactly. And the fact that Vancouver drafted him knowing he didn't want to be there. <laughs> like, if I'm a GM yeah. and it's my turn, like, if I'm the Rockets tonight, right, and I've got the number two pick, and Jalen Green is on Twitter saying, I do not want to play for the Houston Rockets. I I don't, I, I might not even sign a contract if I, if they draft me, like, okay, I'm not going to spend draft capital on a guy who I know I've only got four years of. Cause that's how long a rookie contract is. And the fact that Vancouver still drafted him is just so funny to me, but that's just a draft moment that comes to mind as like a kind of a funny thing in my opinion. That's amazing. But also just like, that's, that's unique to the draft. That's amazing. We're going to link that in the show notes so everybody can check out that moment and Obi Toppin as well. That actually reminds me, do you know about the Deion Sanders uh, draft mm-hmm. moment when Detroit took the other Sanders I saw a big grin come across your oh, face man. I was so happy I was going but I was kind of scared I thought Detroit was going to take me I would ask for so much money that I had to put me on layaway <laughs> on layaway uh-huh. no baseball well there's also there, huh? um, I'm trying to remember I believe it was Eli Manning coming out of the NFL like coming into the NFL draft if I remember correctly they 
I want to say it was the Chargers had the first pick. Okay. And Eli Manning pretty much did the same thing to them. It was like, I'm not playing for you. Like, yeah. if you draft me, you've wasted your number one overall pick. Like, I will not sign a contract. And I think there was a swap that sent him to New York and sent Phillip Rivers to San Diego to, at the time, now LA. Worked out great for so, both of them. Uh, yeah. Worked out great for one of them. Eli Manning has two Super Bowls. The Chargers never won anything, but they never won anything. But Phil Rivers having yeah, had a, had a very successful career long career. Uh, also, real quick before we move on, Steve Francis was an absolute bucket. Like I yeah, am, I just if you if if you're um you I mean you're if you're not our age, then you definitely didn't get to see Steve Francis play. So go back and watch Steve Francis play. His career ended in 2008. He had a very short career considering how talented he was i don't know if he got hurt or something or if he just i got... think he had injuries i think he yeah did. but he was a he was a bucket like yeah. he came into the league like, as a, a rookie averaging him... go ahead go... He, averaging? <laughs> he he averaged 18 as a rookie yeah. and just increased every year you know like yeah. he's he there's is a reason crazy, they so. called him the franchise because he was expected to be someone who would turn the franchise around yeah okay that's great let's move on to um our next segment for the sake of time, which is called we're talking about practice. That's what it's called. <laughs> I supposed to be the franchise player and we're in here talking about practice. I mean, it, listen, we're talking about practice, not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. Four words to describe thoughts on the NBA draft or just what we talked about. Yeah. You want me to go first yeah. or do you want to go first this time? You you go first. I did the last segment. Uh, I'm going to go with this. Ready? Here's my four words. Sometimes the draft sucks. <laughs> and because that's true for Steve Francis, the draft was not a great <laughs> night for him. Like, yeah, he walked into a couple million dollars, but he almost didn't sign a contract. So he almost <laughs> didn't walk into a couple million dollars. It sucks for Vancouver. It sucks for teams that draft Kwame Brown and Anthony Bennett oh. and Greg Oden. Oh and Oof. a lot of people i mean every team has draft the list picks goes on pan out those are some big ones what was it uh jr Ryder back in the day jr Ryder, yeah exactly uh um who's the guy that got drafted before michael jordan um sam Bowie. sam Bowie. adam Man, morrison yeah i, I could keep adam going. morrison oh my gosh the uh, gonzaga great he was so good that was circa that was right around the jj reddick that was, era that, that was the same draft uh was it the same draft yeah i believe yeah. so he went um, number Morrison went number That's three funny. in the Bobcats. Sometimes, Sometimes the, the draft, draft sucks. sucks. And I'll go, I'll tie one into Obi Toppin. It may have actually been the same draft. Now that I'm thinking about no, because he was that was the draft that was the year that the tournament got canceled. So that was last been, year, yep. So it would have been the draft before that, I guess. And it, what I'm about to say worked out for this player because he was just playing in the NBA finals. To go to hometown heroes. Macau Bridges of Villanova. Villanova, for those who are unaware, is in Philadelphia. Macau Bridges' mother is an employee for the Philadelphia 76ers. I believe she works in the HR department. Macau Bridges, with like the 13th pick, gets drafted to the Philadelphia 76ers. Great interview. Mom's so happy. Oh, my boy, he gets to stay home. We get to technically work together. This is so great family job love the 76ers 
Uh, about five minutes later, news breaks that he has been traded to the Phoenix Suns all the way across the country. <laughs> <laughs> and it did work out for him, though. You were out, correct. It worked out, and he's playing phenomenally. Like for for yeah. as young as he is, like he's playing really, really well. But that draft still probably sucked for him and his mom. The joy of being like, "Oh my gosh, I get to stay home. This is so great." To five minutes after that, saying, "Hey, just kidding. Pack your bags. You're moving literally across country." Yeah, to play for Phoenix, who at the time weren't good, so it looked like a bad move for him because he thought he was going to get to stay in Philadelphia yeah. on a contender. So yeah, so there's, there's also don't 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 fact check us on uh, like where people got drafted and the year they got drafted because Mikael Bridges was 2018 drafted 10, and okay, I earlier I, I said so, Obi Toppin. It's both of us. Earlier I said Obi Toppin went he fourth. Was uh, he was eighth. So yeah, we're just don't thing. fact check us. 13 and 10. I'll take that. That's in the lottery within three picks of each other. I said the twenty eighteen. Wait, four drafts. and eight? Four and eight, no. Doug? Four and eight, no. is it? <laughs> I'd rather, I'm just saying. We're fine. Also, I said 2018. Yeah, yeah. That's oh, the draft okay. I'm talking I, about. I said 2019. I said 2019. You son of a bitch. Um, so, yeah. I mean, it all runs together. After after the draft is over, no one remembers where people went. Unless you're Sam Bowie or Greg Oden. Yeah, unless you're, unless you're a really bad draft pick, people will most likely forget where you fell. Mm-hmm. Or unless you're Draymond Green and you, unless uh, unless you're Draymond Green and you just kind of walk around telling every, reminding everybody where Saying, you got drafted, and you can tell you can say the name of every player drafted ahead of you, and then diamonds <laughs> yeah. in the rough. Nikolai Jokic, our MVP, is the lowest drafted MVP of all time. I believe he's a second round. Where pick. did he go? Was he was he second round? Wow, wow. If not crazy. second round, I think he was really late first round. But I want to say he was picked like thirty four or something like that. Those overseas players, man, they're just so hard to know what to know what to do with them. All right, what okay, are your my four words are uh, can't tell me nothing. Um, if I were Obi Toppin, if I, I mean, if I were anybody that got drafted to the NBA, first of all, like, don't talk to me about basketball ever again. I have, I have ascended, I have uh, transcended, I have become immortal in a in the basketball world. You cannot talk to me about basketball. I am a professional. There have only been a couple hundred of us since the whole league started. Like, like you cannot talk to me about this game anymore. But on top of that, if I am drafted to the NBA, in the especially in the first round, to a hometown team, like, I can walk around that city and, like, I, I own that place to some degree, right? Like, I, I, I you can't, Derrick Rose in Chicago, like, it's his world. Like, we're all living in it at that point. Like, Obi Toppin, even though he's not even the star on that team, like, in New York, he is a, a legend already. Um, so, I'm going to go with Can't Tell Me Nothing. You you get to this level, you get to the NBA, and, uh, yeah, they're going to be the Skip Baylesses of the world, the, the Shannon Sharps, the Stephen A. Smiths who are going to comment on – how you played and all these things. But at the end of the day, like they haven't done it. They haven't gotten to that level. Uh, and uh, when you're at that point, I think you earned a lot of respect and earned a lot of ability to say, uh, no, like you take your comments, go over there and sit down. Like, I'm not going to pay attention to your Twitter fingers because I'm out here playing basketball at the highest level and you are not. So that's, that's where I'm at with the draft. I like it. Don't love the jab at Stephen A., but I still like yeah, it overall. I, I, sorry, Stephen A. I was just thinking of analysts at that point. 
Yeah. So I apologize. No, you're good. You're your good. name just fell out. Let's go on to the uh, the next segment, which is what is the next segment? Next segment is uh, timeout. Timeout. Long. A two to tie. Michigan will have to bring it. Oh, he in. walked. He walked and the referee missed it. Weber brings it into the front court. They have no timeouts remaining. Oh, he causes he too many timeouts. That's a technical foul. He called a timeout. Michigan doesn't yes. have any. Here's what we're going to do. You tell me what we're going to do. Let's just briefly, as long or as short as you want it to be, be in the mind of the player that you talked about when they got drafted. Like the moment for you when Adam Silver says with the number eight pick in the 2019 or 18 NBA draft, the New York. Oh Nick man, what year was it? Select Obi Toppin. What's going through your head? Although, granted, he would have known before. He probably got a phone call before that that said, hey, you're getting picked. And I will, in 1999, when David Stern walks out to a microphone with a lot of feedback, says, with the number two pick in the 1999 NBA draft, the Vancouver Grizzlies select Steve Francis, University of Maryland. I'm ready to go. I can go right now. So that David Stern says that. My head is on the table. I look <laughs> like a deflated... Wacky tube man outside of a car dealership, and I'm not gonna yell, but I am gonna say, "Fuck shit!" Oh fuck! I can't fuck shit. Oh hey, grandma, <laughs> thanks. I know I love you too. Fucking son of a bitch! I can't believe I got to play in Vanta. Oh yes, thank you, Mister Sir, and I appreciate it. And then he just says, <laughs> like, another... What's the guy from The Wire? He just got to turn. Or, oh, no. um, the, the mayor the or whoever. Yeah. He just yeah, got to yeah, turn, yeah. and the entire time he gets back on stage after he says thank you to David Stern. From the, that time till him walking to the interview, it's just... She... Like, 28 seconds. But do you know... Like, I feel like every time we do this, my answer is just, like, a lot of cuss words going through A lot head. of curse words. That but, one was good, though. That was Steve impeccable. Francis, that's, that's for sure what was going through his head. Yeah, that was impeccable. I almost want you to do Obi Toppins as well, just to see how it goes. That was imp- that was impressive. Okay, Obi Toppin. Obi Toppin is drafted. I'm, I'm going to make a character judgment, and I'm sorry, Obi, if you're not like this, and I don't mean this in a disparaging way, but I think... Obi Toppin gets drafted eight to his hometown team. And I think he immediately is just like in his head before, before they get to the interview and he starts crying and the emotions hit him. Right. I think while he's sitting at the table, like waiting for David or not David Stern, Adam Silver to say his name. um, I think he's thinking to himself, I am about to run this city. Like I'm going to every high school gym that I used to play at. I'm going everywhere. I used to get all the, all the the local stores that I shop at, whatever. I'm going to every place I can imagine in New York where people know me, and I'm just gonna like flaunt shit. Like I'm just gonna act like I'm the man, and because I because I am right now. Like there's no one in New York hotter than me right now. Not any of these rappers. Like nobody. Like this is about this city is Obi Toppins right now. I think he's just like in his head, hyping himself up as the. that dude in New York. And then the interview comes and he starts to get emotional and starts to, it starts to, 
starts to he starts to realize the the humility in himself and and how uh how many people were there to help him get to the point that he's at right now and he kind of calms down off that cliff a little bit but i think immediately he was like dude i'm the fucking man like <laughs> i am i run this place like no this is this is my city now uh here i want to i want to i want to edit what i said no yours was amazing dude it was perfect was it? it was perfect too much not too much cussing like <laughs> dude actually i was gonna comment i thought you were gonna stop at just the first uh oh. curse word <laughs> and uh i was gonna say that's the we've almost done a whole episode without any curse words until that point so that was i mean we were we were breaking a record yeah, but uh, should here. i should we go back and edit over that <laughs> something else so that way it's not just me cussing for 30 seconds I enjoyed it, but if you want to try again, you can. Here, let's let's let me try again, and we'll see which one is better. So, I'll start over. I'll say I'll go first because that's where I started last time. <laughs> All right, so I'll go first. <laughs> David Stern goes up to the microphone. All the feedback with his number two pick in the nineteen ninety nine NBA draft. Vancouver Grizzlies select Steve Francis out of the University of Maryland. Cut to Steve Francis, head on the table, deflated, looks like he's praying. He actually might be for a way out. <laughs> but what's going through his head, if you've seen the Netflix sketch show, I think you should leave the new season that just came out. There's a very popular sketch in which a prank show host puts on too many prosthetics and too much makeup, and he gets really hot, and he can't really function anymore. And he very dejectedly thinks... And says out loud, I don't want to be here anymore. And the producer of the show stops and says, like, do you mean alive? And I think that interaction <laughs> is, a, I think that's just a projection of what Steve Francis was feeling that night. Tim Robinson, yeah. Zach Cronin, or Cranin, or whatever his name is, were tapped in to Steve Francis' mind somehow. And that entire sketch is just what was playing out in his head. Just very dejected. I don't want to be here anymore. As soon as he found out he was going to Vancouver, he didn't want to be there anymore. So that's where that's what I think is going on in his head. I'm leaving both of those in the podcast. There's just going to be two. <laughs> there's going to be two versions of that. <laughs> even with me going over the how I want to edit it out. Yeah, even with you being like, I'm going to say I'm going to go first again. <laughs> I'm leaving all that in there. Okay, a little behind the scenes. All right, let's go to the next part. Last part of the episode is where we put 20 seconds on the clock and tell you why the NBA draft is something you should care about. I historically go first and I historically do a terrible job explaining why this, why whatever we're talking about is something that like, matters. Would you like me to go first this time? Sure. You can, I, I was going to just go ahead and like ruin it again and then let you oh, kind of kill uh, it, see, but it's, it's kind of better to end on a, on a hit than like no, but on you're a gonna made have, shot than a, you're going to have some time to think through it. 
Yeah. And yeah. this time, the last time I went first, you spent the first like eight seconds of your time just repeating what you said with me. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that. All right, I'm going first and screw it. Uh, okay, we're gonna okay. we're gonna end this on a May basket. So let me go ahead and miss, and then you'll you'll bring okay. it home. Let me know when you're ready. I got the clock All right. out. I'm ready. Let's do it. You should check out the NBA draft because this is a night where people's lives change for the better and in a lot of cases not just the individual that makes it to the nba and sees their dream uh become reality but it's it becomes a um a life-changing experience for the for the whole family in a lot of cases oh that's in you nailed that shit i wanted to say more but you know 20 seconds you're holding up the follow-through you're Am I little, Jordan game six? You're doing a little dance with your hips afterwards. Okay, I like that. You're just kind of sitting there doing taking some, it all some in. Some Steph Curry vibes. This is no, this is you know what this is? Because Maybe a little Lance Stevenson. Because that's that's what I was thinking of. But because you've failed so many times before, I actually want to take back what I just said. <laughs> I think I think this was the equivalent of like This is Jordan Clarkson like launching or well, no, Jeremy Lamb like launching a Jeremy three from Lamb. like half no, court. I'm gonna say even worse than that. This is like Stephen Adams hitting a <laughs> game-winning shot, and it's just like, oh, I didn't think I was gonna make it, but I did. So he just immediately freaks out and like starts ripping his shirt off, which he can do because he's the strongest player in the NBA, according to Zion Williamson, yeah. who's also like the second strongest person in the What's NBA. Like, you so. know the interview I'm talking about, where he said. They're like, oh, like, what's it like being in the NBA? You know, like, strength, like, can you still yeah, yeah. people? And he was just like, I've always been by far the strongest player on the court. And in one of the first practices, I went up for a rebound with Steven Adams. And I've never felt so small in my life. Like, he said, Steven Adams <laughs> just grabbed the ball and took it from him. Like, no effort whatsoever. Too bad he's got to actually play against him now. Yeah, that's going to be rough. All right. Yeah, that was good. You definitely made that one. That was... uh. That was a, a good one. Here, let's, I'll give, I'll, let's give, see. I'll, I'll give you an, a, like. Let's think of an actual one for you, and I'll. I'm gonna say that that was a. That was Robert Ori against the Kings, but in the okay. in this specific instance, every player on the Lakers is you as well. So like you're Kobe who missed the shot, you're Shaq who got the rebound and missed the shot, but then you're also able to tip it out to yourself at the top of the key for the make. So you, you missed a lot of chances, but you finally got it to go down. What an analogy. Everyone is confused. All of the people that are here just to hear us talk about like life stuff, they're very oh, confused right now. So you admit there are people here to talk about life stuff, but I can't explain I don't know. The I actually I don't know who are here. Who's here? Who's listening? Are Roll you call. listening? All if five of you. Give us a <laughs> we need a head count. Comment if on you're this listening, Instagram post. Leave a review and just say I'm listening. That's all if you heard this podcast, leave a review, say I'm listening. That's all we need. Actually, and five I stars. I love that. Yeah, and then also comment on Instagram, and then also send us five dollars. <laughs> um, all right, I'm gonna go. You ready? Yep. You should watch the NBA draft specifically this year because coming out of COVID, there's just gonna be a lot of emotions, I think, by some of these players. But also, this younger generation of players are a lot more emotional, and they feel more comfortable letting that side of them show. And it's a good glimpse of humanity for people unlike us. Mm. I didn't like that ending. I like that. I didn't like the ending. Unlike us wasn't a good way to end Unlike that. us. 
Unlike us is not a good way to end. Yeah, but I, was, I did I was like. Trying, I'm, tr- I'm trying to compare the fact that they're world class athletes and we're a bunch of pieces of shit. Yeah, they're yeah, and they like and but I, I think it it will be really interesting to. You could, they live through the same 2020 that we live. Like you know, they're Americans. They live through the same well, stuff that we live through. Well, I mean, like majority they're, of them, they're a part of the world because the entire world went through COVID. <laughs> Well, like, yeah, but I mean, yeah, like, but the, I mean, the, like, the, the Obi Toppin's draft class, like, that was a draft where, like, Twitter was really embraced those people because, or those kids that yeah. got drafted that year, because they were incredibly emotional. Like, every interview, these people were, like, thanking their parents for the sacrifices and were crying with their parents, and their parents were crying mm-hmm. with them. And I think we're just going to see a lot of that again this year. And I think that's really cool, because in the past, you had a lot of guys who were just kind of, like, stone-faced and didn't really react like yeah there wasn't as much freedom excited. socially I'm to, excited to get to work and then that was the end of their interview yeah. and this year or in the past couple of years you know it's yeah they get to show how excited they are they show their emotion a little bit and people love it and it's great and i'm excited to see what that kind of looks like uh tonight okay so i think what happened i don't have an exact uh analogy for this but i'm going to describe the basketball situation okay. that happened on that uh on that explanation I think you, it's late in the game. You're on defense. You, you, or no, I'm sorry. Let me start over. Rewind. Yikes. It's late in the game. You're trying to get a bucket. Um, wait, rewind. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's and late in the game. My analogy is confusing. <laughs> it's late in the game and you have the ball on offense and, uh, but you turn it over. Other teams going the other way, about to get a layup to win the game. But you run back on defense and block the shot to save the game. You guys win the game after you turn the ball over and had to get a def- defensive stop on a fast break. You pulled it off. Wait, so I was that's winning the game, but I needed a bucket. You were winning. You were <laughs> <laughs> our, our analogies are so bad. You were winning the game. You did not need to Here, score. You just me, needed me, to keep possession. Let me, let me clean it up for you. <laughs> I'm up one point. <laughs> 30 seconds left, which means there's 24 seconds on the shot clock. <laughs> so the other team is not fouling because they know they're going to get the ball back with six seconds. I shoot, I miss, they get the rebound, but on the ensuing possession, I'm able to get the game-winning steal or block or deflection. How does that everyone, sound? Everyone that just left that review just saying, I'm listening, <laughs> they just went and deleted that review. It's It's all over. It's gone. Okay. You know what isn't gone? The time you spent with us. You can't get that (laughs) shit back. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, This was another uh, amazing, if I can say so myself, episode of Feel for the Game. Uh, We're going to go watch the draft. Yeah, I'm going to go leave a review, Sam. I'm listening. Uh, We're going to go watch the draft tonight. This episode will be out in the morning, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Um, and uh yeah any parting words noah what are you what are you Uh, excited about in sports right now uh besides the draft uh yeah besides the the olympics tomorrow morning the u.s women's national team has their knockout game against the netherlands which is a rematch of the 2019 uh women's world cup uh the united states not playing great right now so less confident than usual going into that but yeah, the Olympics mm-hmm. have been fun. The men's basketball team just destroyed Iran after they got beat by France. Uh, yeah, it's just been fun. Shout out Simone Biles. 
Yeah. Shout out to anyone who is taking a step back from anything they're doing, whether you are a world-class athlete or just a regular human like Noah and I. Taking a step back for yourself, always always a good thing you should do. So, uh, man, Olympics. Olympics are happening. I've been really bad at watching them, so I'm not going to lie and pretend like I've been excited about it because well, I mean, it's hard because a lot of the events are on from like 10 o'clock yeah. at night to like seven o'clock in the morning exactly yeah I've, I've so i'm gonna go ahead i'm just gonna say to watch the u.s women's national team that is commitment i'm impressed by that um i'm excited about um the nba offseason i uh i think there's gonna be a lot of trades coming in the next few weeks maybe i'm wrong but um I, I know that's kind of a weird thing to be excited about it's not an actual sporting event but i'm excited to see player movement i'm excited to see where people end up Nick, where, before the next where, season starts last thing about the episode based off of what you just said where do damian lillard and ben simmons end up playing next year oh great question i actually think lillard ends up where right where he's at i think he stays in portland unfortunately i don't want him to i think um he's just really loyal and i think at the end of the day he'll end up back in portland um i think simmons is going to be somewhere else i don't know where um but i think he's going to end up somewhere else the crazy thing is the trade that makes the most sense for simmons simmons is actually philly trading him to portland to get lillard mm -hmm. in return that actually as far as contracts, as, as far as like um, fit. Portland being able to rebuild really quickly and um, obviously Philly trying to contend. But yeah, I, I don't know. I'm excited. I Here. think Simmons will end up somewhere I'm else. A, but, I'm a, um, when I look into my crystal ball, do you know where Ben Simmons is playing next year? Let me let me know. Pacers. Oh, <laughs> I, Malcolm I don't know if I like Malcolm that. Malcolm Brogdon and a couple first round picks and probably like one other random player for Ben Simmons. <laughs> Malcolm I don't think Brogdon Simmons goes to Philly. Maybe Simmons doesn't have control over it, but I don't he think he wants to be. He doesn't want to be in Indiana, man. He's not the type of guy that wants to be in think, Indiana. I don't think Daryl Morey gives a shit. He's gonna get him out True. of there so they can win a championship. Yeah. Anyway, that's 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 it. That's it. Goodbye. We love you. Watch the draft. Bye. Well, peace out. Watch the draft. Everyone. Last night. Love you. This is an area code podcast.